sickness. You desire to heal our bodies, Father. Father, there's nothing too big or nothing too small that you desire to remove from us, Father. You are good and merciful and kind towards us, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You are Jehovah Rapha. You're my healer, my physician, my surgeon. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. We live in divine health, Father. All the days of our life. We thank you for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. He's kind and merciful to us, good to us. Amen. You know, I was thinking about that, that line in the, uh, in the song there that uh, nothing's in, impossible to him, right? Nothing is impossible uh, with God. And, um, you know, uh, and of course that's true, right? Is that true, that nothing's impossible with God? That's true. Uh, you know, it, it's funny that sometimes we spend a lot of time, you know, uh, saying things like that. But, it, but that statement, you know, it's true, of course. That statement sometimes, it kind of... Or, separates us from that statement. Yeah, it is true that nothing's impossible with God, but how does that help me? Right? I'm, not, I'm not trying to be selfish, but how does that help me? And, and you know, I, I like what Jesus said here. And this is in Mark uh, 9, 23. Jesus said, this is the man who had the epileptic son. He said, uh, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Well, why are all things possible to him that believeth? Because nothing's impossible with God, which is true. But that doesn't do me a whole lot of good. What does me good is nothing's impossible to me. If I, can, if I believe the one who nothing is impossible with him, then those things which are not impossible to him can be done for me. Amen. Uh, and, you know, and who said this? Jesus said this. So is there anything wrong with, with wanting to believe that nothing is impossible to me? Isn't that what he said? If, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him Amen. that believes. Amen? Amen? Because he is believing the one with whom nothing is impossible. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's, it's perfectly fine to acknowledge that, that nothing is impossible with God, that God is big and mighty and powerful and strong. But how does that impact your life? How do you take advantage of, of that knowledge? Or how do you take advantage of the fact that nothing is impossible with God? Because if, nothing, because if nothing is impossible with him, is he still going to do anything for you? Is he willing to do anything for you? Will he do anything for you? Uh, you know, a lot of the church believes that nothing's impossible with God, and that's as far as it ever goes. Their life is, is an impossible train wreck, but God, you know, nothing's impossible with him. He's not going to do anything on my behalf and help me. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it helps to, on occasion, bring that, a lack of impossibility with God into my life. That if he, if he really can't, uh, if there's really nothing he can't do, then what will he do on my behalf? And Jesus told this man that nothing, that all, all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believe. So what thing? Well, what are you believing for? It's whatever you're believing for, then it's possible. Amen? Of course, the, 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 the knowledge that that requires that whatever you believe is found in the Word of God. Amen? But how many things are found in the Word of God? Well, literally all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Amen? Is there anything not, contained, not related to your life and godliness that's, that's not contained in the Word of God? No, it's all in there. Amen? Is healing, does healing pertain to your life and godliness on the earth? Well, then nothing's impossible in healing for you. Uh, is the prosperity of God found in the Word of God? then there's no prosperity that's impossible for you. Amen. All prosperity is possible to you if you what? Believe, Believe right? So uh, the, the only if here in, in Mark 9, 23 is with us. If you can believe, all things are possible. And that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the covenant that we have with God. If we'll do something, then, then he always does something. You know, a lot of the church wants to say, if God wants to do it, then, then I'll, I will receive it. Well, that's backwards. They're putting the if on God. Uh, there's no if on God. 
if we do it, he always will. It's not if he'll do it, I'll always receive it. And so we need to make sure that we keep our, uh, our uh, doctrine correct, you know, that we should never say, if, if God uh, desires to heal me, then I'll be healed. That's pushing a question mark upon God. There's no question marks with God. He's declared his will in the word of God. We, we're not unaware of his will. We, uh, people say, well, you just never know what God's going to do. I can tell you exactly what God's going to do. He will heal. He will deliver. He will prosper. Uh, because he said he would. There's no wondering about, I wonder what God's going to do. I know what he's going to do. Uh, and so uh, you know, people uh, love to wrap up their doubt and unbelief in pretty and flowery words, right? Pretty sounding doctrinal sort of statements. Uh, but it's just simple doubt and unbelief. It's garden variety doubt and unbelief. Uh, if you're saying, if God will heal me, and they may say, if thou will heal me, you know, or Lord, if it be thy will, you know, they wrap it up in some pseudo spiritual sounding words, but they're just doubt and unbelief. Just God, Lord, I don't believe. You know, I, I want you to do it without me believing. Uh, and, and yet Jesus told this man, if you can believe, so there's a possibility that you can believe because you don't, you don't, you don't want to do the work to believe. You don't want to, to yield to the Word of God to believe. You don't want to yield to the Spirit of God to believe. You know, the, the, the believing is not something you do all by yourself. Believing is something you do in conjunction with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God reveals to you what the Word of God says, and then you choose to believe that revelation. It's not just you believing these, these dead words on page. When we read this Word of God, the Bible says that the Word of God is alive and active. It's powerful. It's, it's living words. It's Amen. rhema words. Amen? It's not just ink on paper. These are, these are words that are alive. And when we read them, the Spirit of God will, will reveal to us, this is my will for your life. I choose to give this to you in your life. It's still not, you still haven't believed it yet. All, that, all you have at that point in time is the Word of God and the revelation of the Spirit then it's your responsibility to choose to believe it. Yeah, yeah. So we're not believing in a vacuum. We're, we're believing having received the revelation that these things are so. And then our minds will say, they can't be so. And then our will will go, well, then if our mind says it can't be so, then I guess it's not so. Yeah, but the Spirit of God said it's so. Yeah, but my mind said it wasn't so. Yes, but the, the one who created the universe said it was. I know, but my mind said it's not so, so therefore it can't be so. <clears throat> and, and that argument goes on every day, uh, every Christian's life. It can't be so. And so somehow my mind becomes more real and more, more accurate than, than the Spirit of God. Uh, and that happens every day, right? Uh, I think Chris, they, they've, got a, they've got a phrase, they call it authoritative, authoritative but wrong. ABW, right? Authoritative but wrong. Because your mind will say, that ain't so. It sounds authoritative, right? It sounds like it's the authority that it knows. It, it, it can't be so. And it sounds, like it's, it sounds like it's authority, but it's wrong. Amen? How many people, oh, yeah, it's absolutely that way. It's like, it ain't that way at all, you know? And, and, and I mean, people will just look at you and say, God doesn't heal. That sounds authoritative, doesn't it? It's just wrong. Uh, you know, you're, and they'll get mad at you. Well, you know, that's the wrongest thing I've ever said. You know, usually I'll say it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because um, it is. People say things like that. God doesn't heal. How dumb is that? It's just so, you know. Jesus said, what did Jesus say? If you can believe, all things are possible. How many things? All. all. So what, what is left out of all? Nothing. Nothing is left out of all. And yet people, you know, to me it's just, you know, I, I didn't grow up in church. I, I, you know, I, I started this, this, this journey with the Lord when I was 15 years old. And, and when I read these things, you know, my simple mind looks at these things and goes, oh, okay. You know, Jesus called it childlike faith. That's really what we're supposed to have. Because, you know, you, you can tell a child anything. Tell a three-year-old, you know, the sky is green. Really? Okay. They just believe it. Because an authority figure told them that that was so. Now, of course, that authority figure is wrong, but, you know, you could tell a child, you know, that it's a normal child, right, just anything, and they'll pretty much believe it. Well, that's how we're supposed to operate with the Word of God. If Jesus said all things are possible to him that believe, then the childlike faith in us should be, oh, okay, well, yeah, no problem. Instead of going, well, that, ain't, that, that ain't for us today, that's only talking to this one man, that's only for epilepsy of a child, not for, you know, cancer of an adult, 
um, it's only, you know, uh, in, this, in the gospel period of time, yeah, or maybe the, the apostle, you know, they'll, they'll start, uh, start attacking why that's not so, because Jesus said all things are possible, and then we start trying, trying to limit that all things. Well, all things are possible in this time frame. Only on Tuesdays, right? Only on Wednesdays. Only if you're really good. Only if you go to the right church. Only if they're the right name. Or only if you're eating right and, and, and sleeping well. And, and, and you know, they, they have you a list of all the reasons why this really isn't so. And yet, Jesus, did there any footnotes in, in uh, verse 23? He didn't say all things are possible. Well, not really all things. Above average number of things, right? But not all things. Um, no, how many things are possible? All things. All things. But uh, now that's, that's, that statement there, just by itself, all things are possible, is always true. Yes. But it's only true in your life if you do the second half of that to him that believe. Because what if you don't believe? Is healing still possible in general, just from the Lord? Yeah. Is the Lord still able to heal? Yeah. He is. Now, is he able to heal you, though, if you don't believe? Well, no, he's not able to heal you if you don't believe. Now, on occasion, he can do a, a, a sovereign act. But if you believe, that's 100% of the time. Yep. It's always, if you see the difference between sovereignty, a sovereign move of God, and a move of God that's, that's responding to faith is a sovereign move of God, like the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5. Jesus went and passed by hundreds of people and found this one fella. That's a sovereign move of God. The, right. Did the fellow ask for Jesus? Was he looking for Jesus? Did he, did he ask Jesus to come? No, he didn't come. Jesus found him. And, and even when he said, will thou be healed? I don't have anybody to put me in the water, Lord. <laughs> and, and so, uh, so he, didn't have, he had no faith. He still got healed. That's a sovereign move of God. No faith on his part, sovereign move of God. How many people didn't get healed by the sovereign move of God at the pool of Bethesda? Everybody else, right? Nobody else had a sovereign move of God on their behalf. Uh, and and so, so the sovereign move of God is... You know, and I would say 50-50, but that's, it's really not even 50-50. It's one in a hundred, maybe one in a thousand. I mean, at that pool of Bethesda, there's probably hundreds of people there. One in several hundred can get a, a sovereign move of God. But Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. So believing is 100% of the time. The sovereign move of God is you just never know when it's, when it's going to happen. But the, the, the move of God in response to faith is always so, always so. And so if you choose to believe, God will always move on your behalf. Always move on your, always move on your. Isn't that what Jesus said? If you can believe. So there's a question there, right? And the question is, what are you willing to do? Can you do this? Can you believe? And it should be the easiest thing in the world to believe. Amen? Because has the Lord ever lied? And people say, well, you know, he, it, it never works for me. Well, I'd go in my prayer closet and start asking the Lord. Now, I would encourage you, don't go to your prayer closet and ask the Lord if you're not willing to listen. Because if things are all messed up in your life and you can't get healing for nothing, and you go to the prayer closet, you know what the Lord's going to do? Here's a list. Start with number one. <laughs> well, Lord, I don't like that list. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, you're mean to your husband. You know, you, you, you ran that red light three times in a row. Uh, you know, uh, you got an extra penny at Walmart, didn't take it back. You know, whatever it is, you know, I mean, I don't know what the list is, but there's, there's going to be a list. You know, there's always a list. Every time I go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's up? There's always a list. If something's not working in my life, what's up, Lord? He'll, it's a list. This right here. What you said, you know, six weeks ago on a Tuesday? No. That, that's your problem right there. Well, Lord, you know, you don't know what they did to me. Uh, and then we start justifying our sin, right? And the Lord's like, look, you asked, you asked for why things aren't working. I gave you a list. If you resolve those things, things will be able to move freely in your life. Uh, and, and I'm not withholding these things because of your works. You're frustrating me with your works. You're keeping me from, it's you keeping me from operating your life. I'm not, I'm not uh, withholding in your life. I already gave it to you at the cross. Uh, and so uh, to me, that's great news because if, if your actions are hindering the move of God moving in your life, who can do something about it? You. Isn't that good news? Yes. It's good news because, you know, the worst thing, I, I, I despise depending on people. Just, just, you know, just my makeup because, you know, it's like uh, <clears throat> just, you know, if I'm at home doing something, you know, I think, well, I'll get somebody here. But if I get somebody here, it could take a week or a month, a year from the show up, you know, and I just, there's certain, there's certain things you just like, you know, I just, if there's any way I could do it, you know, I spent 10 hours installing a radio because I just, 
you know, finding somebody to do it and get them to do it right, you know, and do it in the way I want to do it. <clears throat> and you know, I, I had better things to do than spend that much time doing that, right? But uh, getting somebody to do it the way I want it done sometimes, you know, I'd just rather do it myself. And something, you know, of course, you have to balance it out. You can't, you literally can't do everything yourself, right? And it is, it is appropriate and helpful to learn to trust people, amen? Uh, and for me personally, you know, uh, it's not difficult for me to trust people because uh, when I trust people, that's not, that's not just me blindly trusting people. That's when they show that they're trustworthy, then I can trust them. Some people make a law, I can't trust anybody. Well, that sure they can't be so. Because I know I'm trustworthy, right? You can depend on me. Uh, and so I know there's a plenty of other people, and I do. I trust a lot of people in my life. Uh, so I don't make these, these, these rules, I, you can't trust anybody. You know, I, I was watching, reading, and I don't, you know, sometimes you start reading stuff on Facebook and you just, just you, you're disappointed that you ever started reading it. But this one person <laughs> they went through this whole long, died uh, uh, this the dissertation about pastors who aren't doing right. And I'm thinking, you know, you need to get a mirror. Before I would ever excoriate all pastors who do wrong, I, I mean, you know, how, you know how much work it would take for me to get to a point where I would be willing to say something like that? You know, I'm, you don't want to talk about one pastor. I'm talking about pastors in general. All the, like, you know, you need to get a mirror. You're going to sit there and, and from your cheap seats excoriate all the ministers in the world because you had some bad experience with one minister? What in the world, you know? You know how many bad sheep there are in the world? I can guarantee you a lot more bad sheep in the world than there are pastors because there are more sheep in the world than pastors, right? Uh, and so, and so, I'm not, I mean, it's just, like, I mean, just, I don't really care, you know? But then you can't trust these pastors, you know? You can trust me. I know I'm trustworthy. And I know a lot of pastors that are trustworthy. I know a lot, a lot of them are not as well. But, it, I, you know, even though I meet a few on occasion that I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't trust them by milk money, I don't make some, some sweeping uh, law that pastors are all, they're all in it for the money, you know. Whatever. I just, uh, um. So are, are all things possible to him that believes? Uh, what's, the, what's the requirement? If you can believe. And so Jesus, you know, he, as far as Jesus is concerned, uh, it's a, it's a question mark. I don't know if you can believe it or not. Of course, he knows technically whether you can believe it or not. But he put that question on, on us. Yes. Uh, if you can believe. Can you believe? Yes. And of course, this man struggled with it, right? He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And some people say, well, he was talking about his son. I don't think he was talking about his son at all because he was talking about himself. Uh, he wanted to believe. And so, you know, really, and th- this is a good story because this story shows some act of mercy on the Lord. Because even though he had a little bit of belief, uh, but he had some unbelief. And so he's asking the Lord to help him. And did the Lord help him? The Lord helped him. Now, if the Lord came back to him six years from now, and he said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief, it may not be possible to help him. Because, you know, the Lord does expect us to grow. Uh, you know, if you go to he, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, there's a progression, right? That we progress in our growth with the Lord. And, uh, and if you get stuck and you, you will not grow, then, uh, in, in fact, just, you know, real quick, just turn over to Hebrews chapter 6, because uh, he tells us some things there. You know, and this works in healing, and it works in any, in air, in any area of your life. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, Christians will just, they'll, they'll get saved, and that may be the last thing they ever add to their spiritual life, their salvation. And so he, he said here in Hebrews chapter 6, in verse 1, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So that he's, then he's going to tell us what are the principles of the doctrine of Christ. He said, uh, he didn't mean leave them, like forget them. He said, go on, you know, at, now you've got those down, now go on, right? Don't just stick with those, but go on, right? There's other things to learn in the Word of God besides these things. He's let us go on to perfection or to maturity. And then he starts listing the, the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, uh, of faith towards God. He calls faith towards God a fundamental principle that you should be able to go past that. Uh, you should get to a point in your life where believing God is not an issue. If it says in the Word, okay, well, I believe it, then you go on. You know, when you're first getting saved, you don't know these things. It, it, sometimes it takes a while to, well, Lord, can I believe that? Is that something I can believe? You know, you have to train yourself. But at some point, the Lord said, this is something that you need to get resolved, that believing God is not an issue. 
I hear grown Christians all the time saying, it's hard to believe God. You know what that means? That means they have been stuck in a, in a fundamental principle. They have not grown, grown past the fundamental principle of faith towards God. Uh, and yet that's what he says, right? Faith towards God. Do you have faith towards God? Uh, yes. Jesus said, uh, if you can't believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Yeah, but it's hard. Well, then you're still stuck, right? Because he said, we've got to go on from these. These things are, we should add them to our life and then progress past these things, amen? We don't, we don't forget them, just like, you know, uh, anybody still in first grade? You know, six hardest years of school with first grade, right? Uh, anybody in first grade? No, nobody's in first grade still. Uh, well, did you, if you made it to second grade, are you still, uh, do you have to go back today and, and, and um, relearn your ABCs? No, you, you've learned your ABCs. Now you're, going, now you're going past the ABC, but you don't forget the ABCs, right? You can still read. If you could read in first grade, you can read in second grade. And so he said of the doctrine of baptisms. Is that singular or plural? Where it says doctrine of baptisms. How many baptisms? Plural. plural baptisms, right? And for all the people who only believe in water baptism, that one little S there gives them a lot of problems, right? You mean there's one and one baptism? There's three baptisms that every Christian should be involved with, right? Uh, uh, one is baptism into the body of Christ. One is the baptism of water. One, and the third one is baptism in, in the Holy Spirit. And, and so there, there's baptisms of fire. I know there's other baptisms there, but the three ones that, that the Christians should go through is being baptized into the body of Christ. In other words, being born again, and then baptism of water and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's why there's three of them. Uh, and of the laying on of hands. Well, we don't believe in laying on of hands. Uh, the Bible calls that a fundamental principle. Fundamental, basic principle. First grade stuff, right? Laying hands on people for healing, deliverance, protection, whatever it is they need, we lay hands on them. Amen? And Jesus said, you lay hands on the sick and they'll what? That's a fundamental principle. That's not an advancement. Oh, look at that. They're so, they're so spirit. Look how spiritual they are. They're laying hands on people to get, to get, to get uh, healed. It must be an advanced church over there. Basic, first grade stuff, right? This, this is, isn't that what it says? And we're not making this, this is what it says. These are basic principles. He said, uh, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. We learn these things and then we, we add to these things, right? We learn them, we get them as, into, into our lives, and then we go on and we do other things. We learn other things, always taking advantage of these things that we know of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. This we will do. What's the last three words in verse 3? And this, we, this will we do if what? God permits. God permit. So who's going to permit us advancing to the next stage of our life? God does. So he, he is the principle of your life. He will decide if, if you're ready to progress to the next stage. And if you get stuck, there's only one baptism. You will be there for a long time. Lord, I want to I grow. Okay, there's more than one baptism. No, there's not, Lord. Uh, okay, then uh, go, back to the, go back to class. In fact, go to the back of the room. You know, you can't sit in the front row. All you front row people, you're doing okay. Uh, and so, if you're going to get stuck, in, we, we don't believe in laying on hands. Go back to class. Go back to first grade. That's a fundamental principle, basic principle. We don't, we don't believe in healing. Go back to class. And, and if that's true, and that's what it says, if God permit, he will permit your promotion in things of the knowledge of God. And if you refuse to grow in these things, you may be stuck. And, and, and I guarantee you, there's a lot of Christians who have been stuck in first grade all of their life and, and may never progress past that until they stand in glory. And then when they get the glory, they're going to say, now go back to Pastor Chips over there. He's, he's in heaven now. He's got a remedial class. It's a basic class. And, and for a thousand years, you've got to go back to class, and, and he'll teach you these basic principles so that you can move on. And, and then once you take your test, I, I will decide if you can progress to the next step of your life, to the next level of, of revelation. Yeah. Now, uh, does God permit these things? It's up to him, right? Lord, I want, to know, I want to know more about you. Okay, then learn these basics. Well, Lord, I, I don't believe those things. You know, then you may never get past it. You may literally never get past your salvation experience if you can't believe these things, right? You, you know, I was talking to, to a friend of mine who only believes in one baptism, water baptism, and they build an entire cathedral uh, doctrine over this water baptism, which is just, you know, amazing to me, but 
uh, when these, you know, when I, we were talking about this very verse here, and he thought it's just, it's just like he, like it was a whole new Bible, one little, one letter, literally one letter, baptisms plural instead of baptism singular, just exploded his mind. Well, you know, this should be the easiest thing. Really, more, well, what are they? Let's go find out. You know, you can go read the Bible and find out what they are, right? Uh, and, and so the, the, these things are not, they're not, and they're first grade things. This is what he said. These are the, uh, the principles, the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ. Then we've got we to gotta get these down, these six ones down, and then we can progress. If God permit, if we've been good students of the word, good students of faith, then we can progress on other things. Amen. And so, you know, you have to go through your own, your own, uh, your own heart. And Lord, do I believe these six things? Do I believe uh, in uh, repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment? Do I believe these things? You know, God's not going to judge anybody. Okay, go back to first grade. All right. Uh, go back to the beginning. Uh, and so uh, these, things, uh, these things are helpful to us, Amen. And so, you know, going back to, to the fellow in Mark, you know, there, there is a progression that the Lord uh, requires us to pursue. Amen? Uh, and uh, it, see, he got, he got a special deal in Mark chapter 9. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And Jesus said, okay, I'll, I'll do that for you. Uh, how many times will they do that? I can't tell you. It may only be one time. It might be two. It might be three. But I can guarantee you, if you get past two or three, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, taper off really quick. That, well, Lord, I, uh, you know, every time I get healed, uh, uh, I just have somebody else do it for me. I just have them lay hands on me. That's great. And then what you'll find is after a while, it just don't work. Now, look, there's a balance to everything. And I have no problem, even today, after teaching healing school for, for uh, now going on a ninth year, if there's something I can't get the victory, I'll go, I'll go on the healing line. No problem. You know, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be so prideful. A lot, I don't, I don't go up in the healing line, uh, but, but I'm always going to pursue it on my own. Amen. Uh, the 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 deal that the Lord is concerned about is those who won't pursue it, who just won't do the work to learn faith, who won't do the work to learn these principles. And on occasion, you know, we do need help from each other. On occasion, we may need somebody to lay hands on us to to receive healing. That's not a problem. It's if in general, it's if, well, I don't want to do that. That's too much work to learn faith and healing. So I'm just always going to have somebody else do it. Yeah, and, and, you know, there, there was a fellow years ago, he went to, uh, I think it was either uh, Amy Simple McPherson, or maybe Catherine Coleman, but it, it was uh, one, one of the ministers like that many years ago uh, who had gotten sick and, and got miraculously healed. And, uh, and it was great, right? They always they went down in... in uh, uh, the prayer line, got hands laid on him, got healed. Uh, and then uh, years later, got sick again. Went back to the same service. Uh, and they, uh, in order to, to, uh, to be prayed for, you had to, and I think it was Amy Simple McPherson, but you had to go through X number of, uh, like at least five services on teaching. They would teach about healing. And you had, to get, you had a card. You had to get a card checked. And you couldn't go in the prayer line until you got your card checked, right? That you went through so many services, because in, the, in there, and I think it's reasonable that um, you heard the word, had to hear the word so many times to develop your faith before you went down to get healed. Uh, and so it went through the same process, got the card checked, got all the things checked, went down to the prayer line, didn't get healed. And, and, and of course, his response is, well, they ain't got it today. No, not me. No, I, I, it's all them, right? It's the minister. The minister ain't got it today. I, you know, I've always got it, but they, they don't have it today. And so they left, not healed. And then, then proceeded uh, to go around to all the big name ministers, Oral Roberts, you know, people like that, uh, attempt him to get healed. None of them got it. They all lost it. You know, they used to have it, apparently, but they, none of them got it. They ain't got nothing to do with me. And then, of course, finally ended up in one of Brother Hagin's meetings. And, of course, Brother Hagin said, well, you know, you have a part to play in this. <gasps> what? Yeah, okay, that's new information. What? If thou canst believe. Well, who's that on? It's on you. It's not on me. It's not on me as a minister. Because, you know, really, technically, I don't have much faith necessary. You know, I, I should have faith as a minister even because Jesus said lay hands on the sick. As long as I don't have doubt and unbelief, you know, I mean, he said he'd do it. There's not much part, you know, the, the anointing of God can come on. We understand those things. But a lot of it's on, on you as the receiving part. If you go up there saying it ain't going to work. 
well, you're going to leave exactly the way you came. Amen? And so, you know, Brother Hagin said, well, you know, you've got a part to play in that. And after all these years, the man goes, wow, I never really thought about that. Years. Spent thousands of dollars traveling the country trying to find ministers that could pray for him to get healed. And just now, somebody said, you know, you've got a part to play in this. And what's the part? The part is Hebrews chapter 6. This we will do if God permit. See, God permitted him to receive a sovereign work of God the first time he got healed. And then the Lord expected him after that. Now that you know healing is real, now you, know to get, now you should go and get your own faith for healing. And he was unwilling to do that. It wasn't like, you know, he had been doing that and had some success, but this one area, he couldn't get it. It wasn't that at all. It was like, well, every time I need healing, I'm, somebody else is going to do it for me. And the problem is he's stuck in first grade. And, you know, when you're 20 years old in first grade, people start talking. That guy can't even sit in a chair. And he, why is he in first grade? He just won't do the work. You know, nowadays we just, it's so fine. We'll, we'll go ahead. And, I don't know, when I was in ninth grade, we had a fella, he was 21 years old. I was in ninth grade, 21 years old you know, facial hair, you know, he's like a man, like a grown man, you know, in, in, in uh, high school. <clears throat> he's 21, why? Because he wouldn't do the work. And, and so, <clears throat> um, it, you know, if it wasn't for social promotion, he'd still be there, right? He'd be a 57-year-old man in ninth grade. <clears throat> and he, really, he should be there, right? Uh, but um, how many 57-year-olds you know that are still in ninth grade? Oh, you believe in healing? No, I don't believe in healing. Oh, you're stuck. You're stuck, right? So just be cautious. You know, we're thankful that the Lord is merciful, right? We're thankful that the Lord will, will, uh, you know, because the man said, I've got a little bit of faith. You know, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So, you know, he, he was, and at least he's honest, amen? So, oh, yeah, I can believe. I've had people come to my office, oh, you know, I know all about God. I've, you know, uh, I've got big faith. Really? Then why are you asking for help in my office, Right? <laughs> Why are you here needing help? Now, I don't, got, I don't have any problem people asking for help. Right, right. But if you tell me you're a giant of faith, well, I need to come to you to help for help then. You know, why are you coming to me? And so, you know, don't brag on your faith when it's not there. Amen. Uh, and so the man was real. He, he, was, he was real with, with the Lord. And hopefully that healing of his son uh, impressed him enough to go and pursue the faith of healing, right? That, well, Lord, uh, clearly you are, so let me go find the word of God that says these things. Amen. Uh, and so, so, you know, I just want to encourage you about that. That's not really got anything to do with, the, with the, the teaching, but it's still pretty good. Amen. We need to go back to uh, Exodus chapter 15. And I, I was thinking, well, it seems like we've been in Exodus 15 for a long time, but we really haven't because last week, I think we just preached the whole time and we preached most of the time today. But that's okay, right? You got to be anywhere. You don't have to be anywhere right now. You're in healing school. So, <clears throat> So, of course, this was the same story we talked about, about them being in Mara. Um, and, and, um, and it's just one point I wanted to bring out about this. So uh, this, since it's been a couple weeks, let's read this here, starting in verse 22. This is Exodus 15, 22. It says, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. So, so the Red Sea, right? That's when they first got into the wilderness, right? The Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So it's been three days since the last spectacular miracle, right? These were not just, well, you know, uh, uh, I went to the stop and the light turned green for me. That was a miracle. I mean, that's, you know, maybe it's a miracle. I mean, it'd be like a really small miracle, right? The light would turn green. Now, what, what miracle did they just leave from three days ago? The Red Sea, right? What happened at the Red Sea? Parted, right? Supernaturally parted. And as they went off in dry land, you ever seen... You ever seen a, a river? Uh, I mean, like around here, of course, we're right on the edge of the river. So uh, at this time of year, TVA will, will, will turn down how much water it gets uh, uh, let out through the dam up, upstream. And so a lot of the edges of the, the lake here uh, are now longer, no longer have water in them. But is it dry ground? No, it's muddy, right? If you went over there right now and just walked through, it'd be muddy. You'd have, and it's, and it's Tennessee red clay mud, right? So it sticks to you. Uh, and you, and it's, you, know, you can't get it and it stains everything. And, uh, now, if it, let's say that way for a year, maybe, right? It, it would be dry that you could walk on it. But if it's a day where they just turn the water off and it's just, uh, there's no water where there was water yesterday, it's sticky and muddy. But they went over in dry ground. 
So that, that's a miracle, right? Miracle that God parted the, the, the sea. Miracle they walked over on dry ground. And of course, then, then the greatest army of the world at that time, the, the Egyptian army went through there and they all drowned, right? And, and, uh, and the Lord just turned it back off and uh, turned, turned the dam off and, and flooded the, the river again. And so, so they saw a spectacular miracle. Nobody stood up to the Egyptian army. And they did it without a single weapon being raised. And three days ago, so it's not three years ago, three months ago, three decades ago, this is three days ago, where they supernaturally, and, and it says, they left Egypt and there was not one feeble among them. That's a miracle right there, right? Not one, out of the millions of people uh, that estimated have left uh, Egypt at that time, not one feeble among them, not one. Uh, that's amazing right there, right? And you get three people together, oh yeah, I'm hurting. You think you're hurting, I'm hurting worse than you. <laughs> And uh, it's a race to the bottom, right? And so, what's going wrong with you today? Would you like a list? Uh, and so, uh, but n not one. Now, he didn't say not one with terminal cancer, right? Uh, but, you know, other ones, not one feeble or weak among them. Not one. That's a, that right there is a miracle. So they just saw these, mir these miraculous events just, just days before, right? days before. And how many people have said, if, if I could just see a miracle, I would believe? But does the Bible say that, that, uh, that um, faith comes from seeing miracles? No. Faith doesn't come from seeing miracles. What miracles do is they encourage you, they exhort you that, yes, God is real, and then you've got to go back and believe what the Word says about that. Amen? Uh, and then you believe the Word. You don't believe the miracle. The miracles don't produce faith. The miracles encourage. Anybody like to see miracles? I love seeing miracles, right? Nothing wrong with seeing miracles. But seeing miracles do not produce faith, but yet people for all as long as there's been people who said, Lord, if you will show me a miracle, I will believe. And Lord's like, go back and read Exodus 15 and see how that worked out for them. <laughs> right? Three days, and they, they came to Mara. They could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Murmured. Uh, and, you know, of course, later on, they say things like, you just brought us out here to die. We had it better in Egypt. Three days. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how many miracles you see, that will not produce faith. The, has, you know, really even since that time, have we seen this spectacular miracle? Even when Jesus was on the earth, did he do this big of a miracle where the, where the sea was parted? I mean, he walked on water, which is pretty amazing, right? But as far as the scale of these things, you know, Jesus, I don't know, really did anything this big, right? He stormed, he calmed the storm. That was a pretty good sized miracle. And I, I, is there, a, is there a, like a miracle scale? I don't know. But if there was one, these are on top of the list, right? Parting the Red Sea and destroying an entire army. Jesus never destroyed an entire army when he was on the earth. Uh, and so these are pretty spectacular miracles. I'm not trying to take away from the ministry of Jesus. I'm just saying that since this time has, has the world seen these big of a miracles. No, and yet, did, did these produce uh, faith for anybody? No, didn't produce any faith. And of course, Moses said in verse 25, they cried in the Lord. The Lord showed him a tree which, which he had cast in waters. The waters were made sweet, and he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Uh, and so, well, but where was the tree? It was there all the time. Did he know that that tree would produce, would uh, cause the water to become sweet? No, and yet, was that tree able to do that before they arrived? It was. Was it able to do it while they were there? Yeah. But they didn't know it. So this is revelation knowledge, right? And so sometimes the Lord will have you do something natural, but it's by revelation knowledge. And that's still supernatural, isn't it? We should never diminish the supernatural aspect of God. Uh, and so, and it says, you know, uh, to answer a question, you know, uh, about making statutes and ordinance, uh, that's just, uh, it's just talking about how Moses was recording uh, all these statutes. If you look at other translations, it talks about how he was just adding to the list of statutes and ordinances that uh, Israel was going to follow, which resulted in the fi first five books of the Old Testament. So Moses was continuing writing the, the first five books of the Old Testament throughout this whole period of time. Uh, and so after having done that, after he put the, the tree in the water, then, then we get to, um, uh, to verse 26, which is an amazing verse here. Uh, and it says, and he said, if thou, so, he, so this is Moses talking, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, 
and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now we know, because we've studied this plenty of times before, that where it says, I will put none of these diseases, really it should have been written as, I will allow none of these diseases in the sense that uh, uh, it was the Egyptians that brought the diseases on themselves. Uh, but uh, the end of the verse there where it says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, that is, the word Lord there is the word Jehovah, and the word healeth thee, healeth is the word Rapha. So he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. And when we hear Jehovah Rapha, this is where it comes from. The Hebrew word for Lord there is Jehovah, and the Hebrew word for healeth is uh, Rapha. So one of the most famous verses about healing, because he said, I am, not, uh, not I will be, not sometimes, not I was, but I am, right? I, I the Lord, am the Lord that healeth thee. Uh, and so, and that was in response to them murmuring and, and griping, complaining, and yet they still, you know, did they learn from that? No, they didn't learn from that. Let's turn over really quick to, uh, to uh, Proverbs chapter 13. You know, a lot of times, uh, in this particular case, uh, in fact, uh, in, in my Bible, uh, that story there in Exodus uh, 15, 22, I've got a little number two marked in my Bible. This was the second of ten sins that Israel has done against the Lord. And finally, after the tenth one, he said, okay, you, you, you cannot go into the promised land anymore. Uh, and so if uh, uh, we won't go through all of them, of course, you know, but, um, um, but that was uh, um, the first of ten, sin, the second of ten sins that they committed against the Lord and murmuring. Well, why is that a sin? Well, because it's no faith and, and whatever's not a faith is sin, right? Uh, and so in Proverbs chapter 13, of course, there's a lot of scriptures in Proverbs that we could read, but we'll start here in verse 13. It says, um, um, in Proverbs 13, verse 3, that's where I need to get to right there. It says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. And uh, unfortunately, the nation of Israel did not have this verse available to them when they were uh, walking through the wilderness, right? He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, should watch, we should watch what we say because what we say ha- has a, uh, a big impact on our life, right? Yeah. Uh, turn over to um, to chapter 18 of Proverbs as well. It says, of course, we know we know this uh, verse, but there's several verses in, in this particular uh, chapter that's helpful. Verse 21 says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, what do they love? They love life. They that love life shall eat the fruit thereof. Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue." So. If you say, oh, that kills me, what is that? That's death in your tongue, right? I'm always the first one to get sick. What is that? That's death in your tongue. That's the power of death coming out of your tongue. Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so whatever you love, that's what you're going to eat the fruit thereof, right? So if you love death, then that's the fruit that you're going to eat. If you, love, if you love life, then that's the fruit that you're going to eat, right? Uh, in verse 20 says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Well, that's assuming that the fruit of your mouth is something that's going to be satisfying to you, right? If the, if the fruit of your mouth is not good stuff, then, then, then this verse won't apply to you, right? And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So what, what, what are your words? You know, it wouldn't matter what the situation I was in, I would always declare the goodness of God. If a tornado came and hurricanes and earthquakes and all that, you know, I would declare, Lord, you always watch over me. You always care for me. But the smallest thing comes into some people's life, and oh, here it goes again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was wondering when it happened. Uh, this is the, and I've had people, I've heard people say, you know, this is the 17th time this thing has happened to me. Like they're keeping track of these things. And, and, and what's the problem? They'll never be satisfied, right? But a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. What's the fruit of your mouth? What are you saying? Uh, it's either going to uh, help you and satisfy you and cause you, uh, cause you to have life, or it will literally destroy you. And so, well, I don't believe that. Well, I didn't write these things. Did I write these things? Are these things not in the Word of God? Did, did the Lord, did, did uh, I'm not sure if Solomon wrote this particular proverb, but he probably wrote this one. Uh, were these not written by the wisest man on the earth? 
You go back up to, to verse 7, same chapter, and it says, A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. You ever notice people that, that struggle just mentally with, with being happy and being at peace and, and, and being contented? Uh, it says that his lips are the snare of his soul. So what are you saying? You know, I can't stand that person over there. You know, they just make me so mad. I, you know, just, what, what is that? That's snare to your soul. It will cause your soul distress. Uh, your lips, right? Now, it didn't say that person is the snare of your soul. That person could be good or bad, be evil or be good, be, be a saint, and yet your lips can say, Lord, I'm always okay. Lord, I'm always fine. You ever heard me say all is well? I say that all the time. Why do I say that? Because my lips will cause my world to be well. If the world is not well, because sometimes, you know, you ever notice the world sometimes is not well? That your circumstances are not well? That situations are not what you want them to be? Well, instead of complaining about them, I, you know, I'll use my faith and I'll change them. Primary purpose of faith is to change your circumstances to line up with the Word of God. I can't change people all the time. Sometimes I can help them in a system but I can change me. And, and what does Psalm 91 say? A thousand should follow my side, 10,000 at my right hand. It's not going to come nigh me. And that's what I'll, I'll declare that. Lord, if they all die, I'll be fine. I'm not really trying to kill you or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, it doesn't matter. What, it doesn't, the outside circumstances are irrelevant to my faith because my lips will not be a, a snare to my soul and my mouth will not be my destruction. Uh, and, and, you know, I've told you the story uh, many times about uh, the fellow that Brother Hagen knew that he was 39 years old. He was three months from his 40th birthday and he and he was sick near death. And the, and the family calls and, hey, would you come pray for the pray for our son? Sure. <clears throat> and so along the way, the Lord said, don't pray for him. And the Lord spoke these words to him. He said, spiritual laws which were put in motion years ago cannot at this time be changed. <clears throat> And of course, what does that mean? I have no idea, right? I mean, you, in, without any context, you don't know what that means, right? But the Lord said, don't pray for him. He's going to die. Uh, and, and so, sure enough, he died, right? And, and so, Brother Hagin started talking to the family, talked to his brother. And he said, oh yeah, he said, when, when we were 18, he said, we were just uh, fooling around one time. <clears throat> and and um, all of a sudden, my brother got real serious. He looked at me, he said, I'll never see my 40th birthday. And he talked to his mom, uh, and he said, oh yeah, he, all the time, he said, I'll never see my 40th birthday. A fool's mouth is his destruction. Did the Lord kill him? No, his mouth killed him, right? Well, I don't believe in that name and acclaim. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not, it's still so. You know, the thing that's nice about, I never got an impression when people say, I don't believe that. I don't care, it's still so. Your unbelief doesn't change the word of God. Well, I don't believe it says that. Well, that's what it says. Do you need, do you need a, a dictionary to understand a fool's mouth is his destruction? No, it's somebody else's mouth. It doesn't say somebody else's mouth. It says your mouth is your destruction. Well, that ain't so. It's so. Well, what if I don't believe it? It's still so. And th that's the nice thing about the Word of God is, is your opinion of it doesn't change it, right? People love to think that they can change the Word of God by, by their opinion. That sounds like a fool's mouth right there to me, right? And his lips are the snare of his soul. So that's what happened. Now, you, you think about how merciful God is how much God constrained death from his life by allowing him to live up to his 39th birthday and within three months of his 40th birthday. I'll never see 40, 40 years. Uh, and the Lord said, spiritual laws which were put in, in place years ago, which put in motion years ago. So what were the spiritual laws? I will never see. My mouth declares I will never see 40, 40 years. He said, cannot at this time be changed, implying that they could have been changed but now no longer, right? The, the, you know, there's, there's always a... Because if you just said, you know, being dumb when you... Was, I mean, how many people have raised their fists, I hate you, God? Right? How many people have said dumb things like that? I mean, I've never said that. Uh, but there's a lot of people say dumb things like that. And then next day they go, you know what, I'm sorry. No, you're dead. I'm going to kill you right now. Uh, no, uh, you know, there is repentance that can't happen when we do these things. But you have to be careful because just because... You, you know, you talk for a thousand, uh, thousand years and then one day you say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, th there's a lot of work that has to go back to fix those things, right? And so what's the, what's the, I don't know what it is. You know, you have to say, you know, you got to go, Lord, say, Lord, 
you know, I've lived this way up to now, can it be changed? Can I change these things? Can I use my mouth to change uh, into good things what my mouth has caused uh, evil towards me all the days of my life before this? And that's between you and the Lord, right? I, there's, no, there's no number. There's no, you know, because I, I suspect if the man had been 38 years old, he said, no, Lord, you know, it's the dumbest thing I've said. You know, I should repent of saying those things. And, and Lord, I ask you to change that. Because the Lord may have said, well, at this time, spiritual laws could be changed. But once he hit 39 years old, got close to his 40th birthday, Lord, it, it, it's set in stone. You know, and so what, what, what is that day? I don't know. You want to risk it? You want to roll the dice? I'm going to keep saying it until the very last possible second. Well, do you know when that last possible second is? Does anybody know the eternity of God? Nobody knows. You want to risk that? That's just dumb. So, well, I'm going to go play in the freeway. And, you know, and it's just, you know I, I don't understand people who think that way. What, what, what's the value of, of doing that and talking like that? Oh, you're, you're one of those name it and claim it people. And they, they love to use that as that's a negative, as if that's a negative, as if it's a bad thing. I'm thinking, you're not. I mean, you, didn't you say, Lord, I receive you as my Savior? That's the name and claim it. Don't you, didn't you claim your salvation by doing that? And um, we should all be naming and claiming it. Lord, you, I mean, we didn't name it. He named it. All we're doing is claiming it. Didn't he say, this is my covenant? This is my agreement, my, my, my contract with you? And, and if you received and say, Jesus, if thou believe, well, that's claiming it, right? That's you saying, well, Lord, okay, I believe, I claim it. You know, people, say, they, they act like they're trying to be like they're trying to insult or, or, or um, uh, cause it to have some kind of offense. It's not an offense. I, I'm fine with, with people thinking I'm a name and claim it kind of guy because literally every Christian in the world is a name and claim it person. Uh, in the history of humanity, every Christian has been a name and claim it person. And so are these verses real? Are they in the word of God? Are they still active today? They are still real. They are still active and your words have an have a amazing impact on the quality and the condition of your life every day. In fact, really, wherever you are today, you go back and look at the quality of your words yesterday, and you'll, and you'll realize how you got there. Amen? And there's been lots of things the Lord said, you know, this right here, you know, you need to change that because your, your words were not good enough. You know, sometimes it's not just that, that we say bad things, it's sometimes we don't say any good things. We're not, we're not declaring our future. We're just in neutral, right? Just going along for the ride. And, and no, we should declare our future. Lord, all is well. Lord, I will succeed. Lord, I will make it. Uh, Lord, I will be healed. We should declare our future. This is what I declare. Uh, and, and so, because um, you said death and, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now you think about that, death and life. Well, who, who's the one who controls death and life? Well, the Lord is. I mean, it, ultimately it's him. But it's you that releases that power of death and life into your, into your life. Amen? And so, to me, I, I love that verse, death and life in the power of your tongue, in, the, in verse 22 as well, uh, verse 20 as well, um, because I can do something about it. Uh, that's, what, that's one thing I love about the Word of God is just you and the Word of God, you can always be successful. And, and you know, the way I see it for me personally is just all I can, all I can guarantee is this, this area right here, is always going to be fine, right? My, my, my life right here. I can't always fix your life. I can't fix what's going on in the economy. I can't fix what's going on in the government. Uh, you know, I can make some changes to some extent, but, you know, they have wills, right? They have a free will. They may, not, they may not line up with my desire. And so I can't always fix that, but I can fix me. I can, I can always guarantee that I will be okay. And so, so uh, if the, the nation of Israel had learned that, See, they didn't learn that. They didn't know that death and life in the power of their tongue. Um, and, uh, and they didn't know that if he that keeps his mouth keeps his life. You know, you've got to keep your mouth. You've got to, you've got to watch what comes out of your mouth. You've got to watch the words that come out of your out of mouth. Now, I'm not the confession police. I'm not going to rebuke you every time you say something that's, you know, a little questionable. Uh, that's not my job, amen? Uh, but, because uh, you've got to keep your own mouth. It doesn't say... Who, uh, whatever neighbor keeps, keeps his neighbor's mouth, that's not what it says, right? Uh, it's, uh, you've got to keep your own mouth, amen? And he that, uh, that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. I'm always the first one to get it, you know? And then you get it and go, why me, Lord? Why me? And, and I can guarantee you a lot of people get to heaven having died early. They go, Lord, why did I die early? Hit play. <laughs> right here. 
Fast forward three days, you're right, right there, yep, right there again. Six weeks forward, right there again. I mean, it, it'll be, uh, and then after a thousand of those, he's going to say, any questions? <laughs> Would you like to ask that question again? Because, yeah. you know, we'll have revelation when we get to heaven. And we're like, oh, just forget I asked that, Lord, right? I'm just going to go away <laughs> quietly. And, uh, and so, but the nice thing is who can, who can adjust what's in your mouth? Me. You can do it, amen? And, and so uh, you've got to, uh, there's a lot of things, you know, I hear people say, you know, and they try to wrap up, death words in pretty in pretty language and i wouldn't say that now i don't i don't don't tell them that but i'm thinking i wouldn't say that you know it's so hard being a christian i wouldn't say that it's so hard you know it's so hard loving your wife you know i wouldn't say that but i say easiest thing in the world to to love my wife even if it's not i mean you've seen her it's really hard to love her right i mean she's just so so hard to love you know and and uh, and so i'll use my faith every day lord it's gonna be easier tomorrow right no, it is, it actually, fortunately, it is easy in my life to, to love my wife. Uh, but even if it wasn't, every day I'd say, Lord, it's the easiest thing in the world to love my wife. Uh, until, and I would, I would declare that until I live that, amen? And then I can go on to other things. And so uh, we can get there. Uh, I, I would encourage you, check your own words, amen? Every time it rains, my right knee, it always acts up. All right. Lord, why, why'd, my, why'd, why'd I limp every, every day? It rained. Play. There you go, right there, right? Uh, and so uh, I wouldn't say that. No. I never say things like that. Uh, I, you know, just, uh, you know, I don't have a problem saying my right knee is bothering me. You know, that's just a statement, right? But when you say things like, every time it rains, my right knee bothers me, you are declaring your future right? You're declaring what has not happened yet uh, as if it will happen. See, if it's happening right now, you can, it, it, I mean, you can change in the sense of, of believing God for healing, but it is, I mean, if it's hurting, it's hurting. It's not like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a lack of faith to say, well, my right knee is bothering me. It's not, it's not a lack of faith to say that. The problem is when you say, it always bothers me, or uh, in the morning, it takes me three hours to get going because of my right knee, uh, then, then, see, you're declaring your future. Amen. So don't declare your future in the negative. Declare your future tomorrow morning, Lord, I'm going to get up and, and it'll be fine. And if you get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, it, it's not fine. Say, Lord, uh, it will be fine tomorrow because someday it's going to be fine. And I talk to my body all the time. Like, you, can, you can get better now, you can get better later, but you're going to get better because I'm not going to live with these things. Amen. And so uh, we've got questions to answer, but we'll answer them uh, next week. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. Father, we thank you that we can live, Father, with, uh, with words, cause our future to be declared by our words, cause our tomorrows, Father, to, be, to lay the groundwork of peace and joy and healing, Father, with our words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Father, we want our lips to bear fruit of faith, fruit of healing, Father, fruit of prosperity, fruit of soundness of mind. Our words can declare these things, Father. That is what your word declares. And you said, Father, that if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. So, Father, we believe that our words have a major impact in our life. You said it does, Father, and we choose to believe it. Therefore, Father, we know that we can speak words that cause our lives to change, to line up with your word, to line up with your will, and have lives, Father, that are free from sickness and disease and free from aches and pains and free from the way that the world does things. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for these in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, is the Lord good? He's good. Amen. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Uh, you know, I just, I still think about what, what my doctor asked me uh, uh, when I went to get my yearly physical. He said, to, to you, what, what do you uh, ascribe your... Uh, your good health to and I said well I believe God heals you know I believe God's our healer uh, and, and I, in fact I, what I said was I believe that God wants us to live in divine health and then he just completely ignored what I said well eat more fruits and vegetables <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like you know it, just, it was just the oddest thing to me that you know he had no interest in, in, in me saying that because it's not like I mean 
I'm the witness of my own words. I declared unto him, I believe God wants me to live in divine health, and here I am to show you that I'm living in divine health. Yeah, but you need to eat more fruits and vegetables. So what I'm doing is not working? I mean, what I'm doing is not being successful, so I need to change and do something different? I mean, why would I do something different if it's working, right? And he's a medical doctor. He should, he should like evidence of things, right? But, you know, that made him a little nervous. And so, I, I mean, I wasn't trying to make him. He asked me, right? You know, oh, oh, what, what do, what do you, uh, what's the reason for your, for your great health? The Lord, well, that can't be it. You know. <laughs> Come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, people are funny, you know. I'm still trying to get one of these doctors to, to come to healing school. I think they would love healing school. Anybody who's really, who really loves the word, loves the Lord, and, and uh, would love healing school. A doctor, right? Because we're on the same team. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, now, my goal, unfortunately, is to put them all out of business. But you know, realistically, I'm never going to put them all out of business. Amen? I'm not trying to get that guy to be harmed uh, financially, of course. Uh, but um, some doctors shouldn't be doctors, I know. But... Um, Anyway, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. So uh, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you all next Sunday.